Hey, Will I Like It listeners, do you like a good cup of coffee, one that's rich, flavorful, and ethically sourced? Then you need to check out Dynasty of Coffee, a Yorkshire-based online coffee business that offers a range of expertly crafted blends. All of their coffee is roasted to order to ensure freshness, and they're committed to nurturing the well-being of both individuals and the planet. Whether you're a fan of a bold, strong coffee or a smooth and mellow one, Dynasty of Coffee has a blend for you. Their four main blends are inspired by different British dynasties, Saxon, Viking, Tudor, and a decaf Hanoverian. So if you're looking for a delicious and ethically sourced cup of coffee, head to dynastyofcoffee.co.uk today and use the code SAXON10, that's SAXON, all capital letters, 10, at checkout for 10% off your first order. Enjoy! Hello and welcome back to the Will I Vike It podcast. Today I am at Moorforge Viking Settlement in Gil Cruz in Cumbria, which I think the last few episodes I've recorded will all be in a row and you'll notice a theme, they're all from Moorforge. Mm-hmm. And today I am with Terry Harvey Chadwick and he is better known online and I suppose in person as the Science Viking. Mostly, yeah. Yeah, most people know of the Science Viking, I think. Well, I don't know about most people. Some people do. Semi-fame. Occasionally I can be famous. <laughs> I have a Science Viking YouTube channel, but I don't update it very much, but it's got some silly stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, including something I know what you want to include later. We will talk about that. <laughs> yes. And we'll, we'll post links to that when we get to it. Yeah. 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 But so there's, al- there's also a little video of my wife throwing me across the, uh, across the front, uh, front lawn. I did a little series of six little videos on uh, sort of Viking ways of getting through lockdown. Each one was yeah. less than a minute. Yeah. Very silly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll get into the mm. the sort of how you got started, really. So I'm guessing you started as a reenactor first before you became the science Viking, or yes. And um, uh, whenever I think of the date, sort of October 1989, and then I suddenly realise that's coming up to 34 years ago now. So a long time. Most of my life, I have to say. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I will mention, that it was uh, a very nice young man at the time called Russell Scott, um, who was uh, a member of the Vikings Society. Yeah. And he was, for a long time, the, the main authenticity uh, person for the entire Viking Society, which is, yeah. which is the largest Viking Society and the oldest Viking Society in the UK. Yeah. And... Um, unfortunately, he, he died recently. So, uh, yeah, just just uh, just on Monday actually. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, he's in my thoughts at the moment. Yeah. And without him, uh, you know, pretty much my was my my oldest friend really. Yeah. Um, we thought of each other eventually more like brothers than friends. Mm. And uh, yeah, without him, I wouldn't be sat here today talking about this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's yeah, the so one who got, I saw two strangely dressed people um, <laughs> at Bangor University yeah. um, hitting each other with swords. And I thought, that looks like fun. Yeah. And went, went on from there. I think that's how a lot of us get started. We it see is. someone else that's doing it and go, yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. yeah so my initial hmm. motivation was uh, drinking beer and hitting people. Legally, with offensive weapons, which was I fun. think that's still a lot of people's yeah. motivation for being in in any of the societies. Yes, yes, but then it became more educational after a few years. Yeah, I got into the history and stuff, and uh, yeah, it's become a job. And now it's become a job. Yeah, yeah. I've had I've had a few jobs. I I um, like I said, we were talking before we started about the plants here, and I don't know what any of them are, yeah. which I said is most ironic because I studied botany at university. <laughs> <laughs> but weren't paying attention, were you? Well, I'm rubbish at names. I'm rubbish yeah. at names. And identifying plants is something I just couldn't do. Yeah. Much to my um, amusement, mostly. Of, although to my lecturer's horror. And, um, and then, obviously, deciding, wanting to be a, a biologist of some sort and a scientist, I went straight into IT, as you do. Yeah. And spent nearly 20 years in IT. Um, then became a science teacher and uh, spent nearly 10 years teaching science and then got fed up with schools as such, yeah. you know, being a part of the 
the, the education machine as mm. it is nowadays. And uh, I thought, no, I'm going to do it my way. So because I was a science teacher, I initially left when I, I got made redundant from my school. I took voluntary redundancy from my school. Yeah. And initially, I was going to do science shows, you know, anything from birthday parties to like performances at the Big Bang Fair and the British Science Festival, which yeah. I've done. Um, and, um, and even on telly. Um, <laughs> and that's what I started doing. But I thought, yeah. oh, yeah, but I'm also, I know lots about Vikings now because I've been doing it for 20 odd years. Mm. So I started going to the schools as a Viking and, and stuff. Mix the two. And uh, mix the two. Eventually, the, the pure science stuff sort of went. Yeah. But um, like, like if we'll do a weapons demonstration later. Yeah. Um, and like I, my, my unique selling point, I suppose, so no stealing this, um, is um, um, talking about the physics of the weapons. Right, yeah. 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 Although calling myself the science viking, yeah. I sometimes think, yeah, I'm not really a science viking. If, if someone was to be called the science viking, it would be that Hurstwick group over in uh, America, Canada, I think they are. Yeah. And Hurstwick, they, they go and they're making high resolution images of swords and stuff and working out that the, like I talk about the really basic physics that a five year old can understand and I can understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they go into the, like the, the real nitty gritty of all the physics mm. behind the weapons and whatever yeah. and stuff. So there and how it all relates to combat and everything so mm. yeah they, they do proper science whereas yeah i just tell people stuff that includes a bit of physics yeah <laughs> and that involves going around schools and you do uh, site visits here at moorforge too don't you um yeah so like moorforge has become my favorite place of work really i started doing schools here probably about five years ago mm. um and it's sort of built up I mean, we get about 20 schools a year yeah which for an area like this i think is about right it's quite remote here, isn't it? But for Cumbria, the links, no, it was just right at the end of the A66. Yeah. So for within Cumbria, um, you know, like Penrith, it's less than an hour's drive away. Yeah. And so, and even Carlisle, so, and, and just beyond. So uh, there's, there's plenty of schools within a sort of 60 to 90 minute drive, which yeah. is probably as far as they want to go for a, a day visit. Yeah. Um, and rule of thumb, I reckon, and I've talked to other people who do schools, rule of thumb, it seems about right, you get about 10% of the schools in the area mm. come in and you know, that's where you get your schools from. Yeah. Trouble with, with Cumbria is uh, it's the, uh, the second largest county, but also the second most likely populated county. So yeah, despite the fact that it's an absolutely huge county, there's only about 200 odd um, primary schools here. Yeah. Whereas like, you, you go a little bit down south to like, you know, down south to Manchester, um, there's thousands of schools that's there. That's not the south, that's north. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's at the, yeah, I, I think actually the, the, the northern part is just north of northern uh, Manchester. So, yeah, Manchester's still in the Midlands. <laughs> <laughs> that's my people. Going to get in trouble with that one. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the fun part, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, mm. yeah, so I sort of, I um, I also do a few other things as well, not just Vikings. Um, I've got a medieval alchemist. I can I can demonstrate a transmutation of a base metal into gold. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that that doesn't come out very often, but it's <laughs> it's good. Um, I, I even occasionally do an Anglo-Saxon. Do you? Yeah, but it's a, it's a workshop all about the making of the Lindisfarne Gospels, yeah. which was the original brainchild actually of Ruscott again. Yeah. Um, we actually did it at Lindisfarne many years ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it went down really well. Uh, unfortunately, so did the uh, the rain came down <laughs> far too well, and we got flooded both times we did it. So yeah, but uh, yeah, lots and lots of good. Oh, 34 memories. Uh, 34 years is a, yeah. a lot of good memories. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but uh, I don't know. It's all um, all goes into one big blob, which is. <laughs> Nowadays, mainly schools and museums, film work if I can get it, and, yeah. and uh, obviously events and stuff. Mm. Yeah, I, I organise the, well, I say I organise, I get other people to do it for me, the hard work, uh, but I'm the, the main point of contact for the uh, Heesham Viking Festival, yeah. which is on again this year, which is good. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 15th, 16th of July, weekend after 
uh, some medieval show that everyone goes to the weekend before. Tewkesbury. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So mm. uh, yeah, so it's 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 uh, we haven't done it since 2019. So it's been about four years, but mm. you know, COVID got in the way as it does. And then uh, yeah. local politics in the area got in the way, but now it's it's back uh, on again. Back on again. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I think yeah. I think the last time you did it, we were supposed to come, and then it must have been COVID. And yeah. Then it just didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think we we're all ready for it, and then they said no, and then we we thought about it and thought no, we're not going to be able to do it. Even though I think the world, the like the country had opened up a little bit. Yeah. And some events were starting, but we thought, no, if we spend all this money getting it all sorted, all the publicity, and then they lock us down again, which yeah. they did. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the, the science Viking thing is, like, um, I've done stuff uh, at science festivals. In mm. fact, I've got a science festival for the Aberdeen Festival. It's, like, it's actually the Fife Family Fun Day, but it's run by the Aberdeen Science Festival up in Fife, so I'm going to be doing there, doing my science Viking stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing, you see, I'm a, I'm a science teacher, wanted to be a scientist, but never made it. Um, I was a science teacher, but I also love history. Yeah. And what a lot of people don't, you know, when they learn stuff in school, you know, there's, there's a box for maths, there's a box for English, there's a box for history, there's a box for geography and box for art and so on. Mm. But no, actually, it's all one big box and it's all jumbled together. Yeah. But we don't teach it like that. Yeah. And so when I sort of get the chance to, like in schools, like I'm mainly there doing the history, but I introduce, right, well, you know, why did the Vikings use swords and why did they use axes and why did they use spears? You know, spears, apart from you can keep your enemy over there while you stab him rather than have him here, um, you know, why, what's the difference in using a sword and an axe? Yeah. You know, and I sort of give them little scenarios and think, what is the best weapon to use? Mm. And, then, and then we look at the, the, char- the physical characteristics of the weapons and then we uh, add a little bit of the physics. So like they learn a few words like, you know, well, you know, there's forces and there's weights and there's momentum and moments and, and all that. And it's all done at a really basic level, but physicist approved. Um, I, I, asked, I did ask a physicist to make sure yeah. that I'm not talking complete rubbish, and he said, "Nope, nope. You know, for what it is, it's, it's simplified, but yeah. you know, for families, it's fine." Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so they learn a little bit about that as well. You know why these weapons are used the way they are, and that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the limitations behind them. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, like uh, you know, if I, was a, 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 yeah, a gentleman of advanced years like me, you know, a skilled warrior. Well, used to be, um, but uh, yeah, getting on in years, yeah. lacking in puff sometimes, um, fighting a, a young person wearing a male shirt. Yeah, what weapon do I want to use? Yeah, because that could be life or death to me. Yeah, and like when I when I show the kids like the sword and the axe, and everyone's saying, "Oh yeah, the axe is brilliant because like even if you can't get through the mail, it's going to break the bones." Um, hmm. But at the same time, I'd rather use a sword because the sword's more manoeuvrable. I can around I can get to the bits that where the, the flesh is showing and then you've got to be more skilled haven't you to use something like a sword whereas an axe if you swung it at someone um, well no um, axe has a lot of skill as well mm. in fact um, I, I've been told that uh, when I when I decide to fight with an axe that I, they, they, people get very frustrated with me because I use it like a sword and and they're not used to fighting someone who's using it and, and it works for me. Yeah. I just use the momentum of the axe and keep the axe moving. Uh, but I'm sort of, yeah, but the strikes that I'm putting in are nice and fast and whatever. And, um, but, you know, it's still, you know, it could be hard work. Yeah. You know, putting in feints can be quite, you know, hard on your, on your arm and your wrist and stuff. Mm. Just because of the physical characteristics. If it's yeah. a, like an axe with a nice, with a, a, a heavier head, I mean, I use a nice light reenactment one, but <laughs> but uh, yeah. So yeah, it's just all these getting people to think of these different scenarios. Yeah. And and then okay, so which weapon would you use in this case? Yeah. And and when they understand a bit about the physics behind the weapon, then they can make good choices. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. It's not just <coughs> yeah. Science is in everything, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's all around us. Yeah, and that's and that's. Uh, 
yeah, that's what it's, it's making these connections and getting people to actually think, oh yeah, history, but we're talking about science, but this history, yeah, because they go together. There is a history of science. Yeah. So now, I think you're going to demo for us in a minute. Yeah. Because you're also, your other name is, is it the cabbage killer, I think? Yes. Now, as, as I always like, so uh, there's, um, there's a, a, most of the famous Vikings that we know nowadays, a lot of them from the sagas, they've all got nicknames, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them have got nicknames. Uh, but like a lot of real actors, they'll, they'll take a nickname for themselves. But yeah. a nickname should be given, not taken, shouldn't it? And I was actually doing a big display with a nice big team. It's about getting off 10 years ago now at the Big Bang Fair at the NEC, mm. Science of the Vikings. Um, it was, when was it? Actually, no, it was, I think it was 2016. And, or thereabouts. No, it was earlier than that. And it was um, when Bald's Eye Salve had just been uh, talked about, Freya Harrison, at, and it was Freya yeah. Harrison and Christina Lee at Nottingham University at the time. And they'd, uh, Christina Lee was translating this book called Bald's Eye Salve, which mm. is uh, yeah, from Winchester, written in the 10th century. Um, credited to Bald, who was a, a monk, uh, but probably, uh, but also a doctor. Yeah. And his leech book, uh, yeah, the doc doctor's book of recipes and remedies and stuff, had this thing uh, for a when, and it says it's the best medicine. Mm. And this was brand new. Yeah. So I was sort of showcasing this at the Big Bang Fair at the NEC. Yeah. We had a Viking long ship, I was doing my weapons demonstration and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So like, we had a, a good team, um, including Russ and his boat. Mm. And um, I've been doing my my sharp weapons demo with the cabbage yeah. um, in a little arena and there are all the kids. And um, once I've packed up and gone back to my me, me main stand, um, this young lad comes up, he's only about, I don't know, he's probably 10, 10 years old or so, and he looks at me and he says, you're Biani, a cabbage killer. <laughs> and I thought, that's my nickname. <laughs> I'm having that. It's given rather <laughs> so than chosen. It was given by yeah. a young schoolboy uh, from primary school, uh, and it's basically what I do. Well, yeah, that, that's that's uh, the the demo that I'm known for now. Yeah, yeah is is the cabbage killing, where we yeah. show how the physics of the weapons yeah. um, affects the uh, the damage done to the cabbage. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go into that when we go off, and then you've asked me to bring some surstriming, yeah. which I'm not particularly happy about. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. So you might not see me in that part of the video, but we're going to do some cabbage <laughs> killing, and then we're going to move on, and we're going to at least pierce, open a can of surstriming, um, and we'll see where that takes us. Yeah. And then we're going to reconvene over here for the final questions. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I fully intend to eat it. I know you do. Yeah, yes. He's stubborn too. <laughs> I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. I reckon, I mean, obviously not 100% because... Yeah, you can never be 100%. You can never be 100%, yeah. but um, I'm 95% I'm confident that I'm going to enjoy this. And this is going to be the first time we've done anything in front of a proper audience because yeah. we've got we're in the middle of running a tanning and butchery course at Moorforge yeah. and we've got a bunch of people here and they're all really keen to watch us eat surstriming for some reason. From a distance. <laughs> uh, well, except for Sue, yeah. who uh, is on the Moorforge team and yes. she has also asked whether she can take part. So you're going to see Sue in the next part of the video as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to go and set all that up yep. and, and then we'll reconvene here afterwards for a bit more of a chat. Yeah, and uh, we'll see how green our faces are. <laughs> This is not a good idea. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Can't wait. Mm. Well, one of the questions coming up later, as you know, because yeah. you did it in York already, is yeah. what's the worst thing you've ever eaten? Yeah. And I'm hoping it's not cardamom today. Well, I mean, after eating the fermented shark, it was still cardamom. I know, but I think this might be worse. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so we've come outside, or oh, we were already outside, I don't know why I said yeah. that. So we've come across to just outside the Willow Woods in front of the new longhouse build. Um, and Terry is going to demonstrate uh, why he's called the Cabbage Killer, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, as, as I said earlier, 
the, uh, the name was given to me um, a long time ago now by a small child. Mm. But the name has spread, as names do. And, and the reason people know me by name, my name, it's, it's they hear of it, yeah. whispered in awe and fear <laughs> in the vegetable aisles of supermarkets and in grocery stores. And I am known as Bjarni, the cabbage killer. What have you got against cabbages? Well, this is no ordinary cabbage, you see. It's a specially trained Viking battle cabbage. Ah, one of those. Also, they didn't have bull cabbages, but... Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but... <laughs> we were going to that. <laughs> yeah. Putting my food hat on again. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. as you say, it's a specially trained Viking battle cabbage. He They're does look... Eating. He They're looks... They're Looks pretty uh, aggressive, yeah. Yeah, it is pretty. You can see yeah. how it's sort of leaning forward there, yeah. trying to get... I'm glad you said he was a Viking and not a Saxon. Yeah. But, you know... Yeah. The yeah, Saxons well. are very civilised people. Well, so are we. So are we, because, like you say, if we're, like, if we're talking about... You could do this doing Romans and the Celts, but then we'd sort of just slap a bit of blue paint on it and that would be a Roman killing a Celt. But, of course, us Vikings, being civilised folk, you know, uh, you know as, as you can see, I have a relatively plain-coloured yeah. uh, under-tunic, so this, this, this battle cabbage also has dressed in a plain under-tunic. At least and we're then, not saying he's a picked this weekend with Hamish on site. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, richly coloured, because being a warrior, um, and he's, he's come to the pinnacle of his profession now, so he has a rich, madder-dyed oh, um, over-tunic. So we'll whack that on in, just like mine's, I think that's, uh, I think that's Kermes, my one. Um, even more expensive. And then, even though there's no sort of archaeological evidence, or even much any pictorial evidence of padding underneath the armour, is there? Mm. It's, it's the, that, there is very, we, we know they had it before, we know we had the, like the Normans yeah. and whatever, they had it, but during the main part of the Viking Age, there's very scant evidence, if any. Now, that would be stupid not to wear padding under your armour, as we will see. Yeah, okay. So, um, the, the current theory, or one theory, current theory going around, is that perhaps they wore two or three really thick woolen tunics over, you know, over their ordinary clothing. Yeah. And that would, so just like I've got some wadmol here. Yeah. Uh, so I know it gets quite dirty too, doesn't it, your it tunic? Does. And a lot it also, of people have two if tunics. If you survive the battle, it will you know, not only protect you, but it will also protect your nice, because when you go in a battle, you go in your best clothes just in case you get killed. You want to go to Valhalla in your finest, don't of you? Of course. Yeah, yeah so uh, this will protect it if you do survive. And then, of course, you have your, your mail over the top. Yeah. And, uh, and now we, we're going to have a look at uh, some of the common weapons. Right. So, um, the sword um, is a very, very fast, compared to the axe, it's a very fast weapon. Yeah. But it lacks the power of the axe. And, um, you yeah, I'd, I'd normally we would have gone through the physics of this beforehand. Uh, now, I haven't got a sharp sword, but I have got a sharp Langsax. This is a, actually a Saxon blade. Uh, based nice. on the Bagnot blade that was found yeah. in the River Thames. I think it dates to about the 8th, 9th century. Yeah, perfect for me. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, as you can see, it's nice and stabby. Uh, mm. But also, if you're facing someone like this, wearing one, wielding one of these in battle, yeah. then he's going to be trying hitting you as hard as he can. Now, these don't hit with a huge amount of force, unfortunately. Enough for an unarmoured warrior. Take your arm off, easy. But... You know, against an armoured warrior, not so much. So if you want to stand back a little bit, I will and I'll give show you, you some I'm space. I'm going to give this a good hard whack. What did that cabbage ever do to you? <sighs> well, he's, he's volunteered for the task. I noticed that you didn't task. even arm him. I mean, he he's was got armless. No arms. He he's armless. He's armless, yeah. <laughs> right, so let's see. Now I can feel through the padding, certainly there's a bit of a dent there. And as you oh, can see, that's some brain damage there. Even through the armour and the padding, it's gone. There's a lot of blunt force, but it's probably about four leaves deep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so that is through armour. So that is going to be massive bruising. Mm. Uh, Head trauma, at least. Possibly, yeah, a broken rib. Yeah but certainly massive bruising through all this. Don't forget mm. this is a cabbage, so it's gonna, it's not a, it's not a brilliant analog of human flesh, but we can see 
it's done a fair bit. Yeah. Now, let's dress him up again. Oh, I, yeah, we'll keep that the same. So I doubled that up for some reason, I don't know why. Now we have this, and then we have this. Now let's have a look at the communal garden. Human chopping axe. So, yeah, there's a nice fighting axe here. Very narrow profile for slicing through human flesh. Yeah. But the different, there's a big difference in holding the two. Because here we have a big moment, because here, yeah, the balance point is right over there. Yeah. And when it hits, it hits hard, really hard. And if you're fighting someone wearing mail, a young man might want to use an axe because if he hits that mailed warrior, he removes his mail. He hits him so hard, most of his clothes fell off. <laughs> but all done in the best possible taste. And that's the axe. Mm. Massive amount of damage. I don't actually know how well that's going to come out on my camera from here, but well, we, we can go, always. Ooh. We can always. You should go and get a bit closer and look at this. Show the sword as well, because you didn't. So the first one, the, un unfortunately, the sword seems to have gone through. It's, it's sort of carried on. So that was the sword, or the lance axe, and here we've got the axe. Yeah, it goes a whole knuckle deep, whereas the other one went sort of halfway to the knuckle. This is a massive, massive amount of damage done to that cabbage. Through the padding, through the mail. The mail, in a way, has done its job. Like if that was his arm, his bone's smashed, but at least he's still got his arm on. But there we have it. Um, there's also mm. the spear. Now, there's a lot of sort of talk about the spear going through. Oh, must be six o'clock. I can hear my alarm going off. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the spear going through mail. And yeah, like in the Battle of Malden, it does actually say about uh, Warrior throwing a spear and piercing the mail. Yeah. So it can happen, but fairly. Whilst you're grabbing that, we're just gonna, we'll cut this a little bit, but I just need to see why I'm being called. Yeah. Just in case it's important. Am I needed? Am I needed? Ocean can someone me. find my phone and press the button that says stop? Yeah, otherwise, it'll just required? keep going forever. It's really no. annoying. What did you want? Jelly beans. Jelly beans? No, the jelly what? beans are Hamish's and we think. need them for our podcast. Why? If you open it up, it should on the screen be able to say stop. There you go. Sorted. Right. Excellent, thank you. I'll go back to where I stand and then I can edit it as if yeah. we didn't. Yeah. I'll do a little cut here. There we go. Right. Right. So, so, spear. Yeah. so the spear. Now, the thing about the spear is, of course, male has holes. Hmm. Stabby. Stabby. You only want it to get through that through far, though. And a spear would be quite effective against a warrior, I reckon. Um, even an armoured warrior. Hmm. Because that, yeah, and the arm on the leg, on the belly. Yeah. It's going to hurt. There's going to be lots of bruising. There's going to be a little bit of blood. Yeah. But, you know, you're going to aim it mainly at the face. But in the chest, it's going to crack a rib. It's going to split your sternum. Yeah. So, yeah, you hit them in the belly, they're going to carry on. Hit them in the arm, the leg, they're going to well, carry on. I've heard on. they probably went for the face and the feet. They probably went for face and feet, yeah. 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 Because then you take the warrior out of action completely. Exactly. But, like, you know, and, and obviously the chest is d defended by the shield. But if that hits your eye. <laughs> that gets, yeah. So face and feet are the main ones. Mm. Feet to say, you know, haha, I've got you. And once you stab him in the foot, he's going to be going out and then you can stab him in the face. But if, you know, during the course of a fight, even if it deflects down or get, you manage to get past his shield into the chest, then that could do some damage, even though it's only gone through a little bit. Um, yeah. That's going to crack a rib. Should we find out? Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, there's not, no, no there's point. Not, there's no, no point. All right. No point. I'm just sort of saying, because just, through the armour, yeah. I mean, there is a small chance that it could penetrate all the way through. It could break a link, but that requires a lot of power, more than I've got. So, we, of course, we know that most warriors didn't go into battle armoured. They went in just their clothes. Hmm. Now, just for the sake of protecting my cloths, which are many years old, 
let's see what would happen to someone who uh, wasn't wearing any, any armour. Now, this is probably tougher than human flesh without the bone in it. But even so. You got that cabbage good. Got the cabbage good. And it's gone in that far. And that could be a mortal wound. At least, yeah, in the arm, it's going to slice through. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the chest, that's straight through into the heart or lungs. Mm. In the leg, that could go through to the femur, crack the femur, you're going to bleed to death. Just watch the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dog and obviously in the belly, in. that could yeah. be the nastiest wound of all. Yeah. So, but if you did survive, there you go. A vegetarian. Go and have dog. a cabbage. <laughs> Brilliant. That worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you did survive, obviously not much of a scar to impress the ladies with. But that's probably one of the most dangerous weapons. So yeah. let's have a look at what the sacks and the axe can do against an unarmored warrior. Yeah. Now, to be honest, I'm not going to. It's fairly obvious what's going to happen if I swing at this. So I like to do what in primary schools and secondary schools, they're called a fair test. I'm going to let just the physical characteristics of the weapon do the damage. So I'm going to not swing, I'm just going to hold it out. And I'm going to just let it fall under its own power. And as you can see, the sax hasn't really done a huge amount. It's got a couple of leaves. To be honest, if that was really sharp and that was your arm, it's probably gone down to the bone. Yeah. But not a lot of damage. Now I'm saying it's a fair test because I'm going to do exactly the same thing with an axe. So we're keeping the method exactly the same apart. Well, the only thing we can change one variable, which yeah. is the weapon. This is where we get back to the science, isn't where it? Where we go, yes, yeah. <laughs> back to the science. So let's uh, move it around slightly, fresh bit of cabbage. We do exactly the same thing now. And as you can see, it falls down yep. and it does considerably more damage. That's, that's due just, not just to the, the extra momentum, but also just the, the shape of the blade, curved blade cuts deeper. Mm. So as you can see, axes, there we have, sax, axe, very, very effective, these axes. What's better than a little axe? A big axe. A big axe. I can see it leaning against the new long haul. Yeah. Now this is Death Singer. This is my long axe. I feel like I need to take an extra step now. You might want to take an extra step back when it comes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, used I'll to just, great uh, effect. Come over here. Used to great effect by, it's, it's called a Dane axe in the modern parlance. So it was brought to England in the middle of the 10th century, second half 10th century by the Danes. Yeah. So a lot of people call it a Dane axe, but I prefer just to call it its generic name, Long Axe, because the Saxons ended up using this as well. It's a very good weapon. And uh, it was used to, I, I like to talk about the Battle of, Ta uh, Battle of Hastings and the Bay of Tapestry. Yeah. And whenever you see the Huskars on the Saxon side using these on the Bay of Tapestry, lots and lots of dead Normans and bits of dead Normans as swinging these just lops bits off bodies. Yeah. And they're even very effective against the Norman cavalry. They're terrifying. When you go into battle and you've got to go against one of them. Yeah. Oh, uh, this one, it's called Death Singer, because as it strikes, it sings. Can you imagine it going, going through your mate next to you, and as it's coming round to take you out, it's singing in joy of the kill, maybe. Foo. Now then, Come on. you might not want to get too close, cat dog. Come on. So, now, we'll do, again, we'll do a fair test. So exactly the same way as all the others. And this is with no extra effort from me. This is what the long axe does all by itself. Bit deeper than the other one. I think it's dead now. Yeah, yeah. And then what I also like to do then, at this point, the kids are going mad, going, you know, cheering and whatever. And, but this is where I calm them down. And then I ask them to put them into the, try and put themselves into the shoes of a warrior facing one of these and this isn't slicing through a cabbage you've just watched it slice through your friend who you've traveled from far lands with and it's just killed him and now it's uh yeah gone round the uh, warrior's head and now it's coming back for you and how little effort 
it actually takes to slice through. That'd be just flesh. Um, yeah, there's not much three, of a bone in there. Three, come back. But I'm putting no effort into this whatsoever. Oh, I heard it sing there as well. It does like to sing. Almost got some in my cup then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I sort of like to, uh, whoops. He's and a there bit I messy, missed. Isn't he? And look, with no effort whatsoever, it's just taken a big chunk out of me bit of wood. Um, uh, this, is, this is a new one as well, made by David, because my other one died. And then I tried to fix it, and then I broke it even more. But luckily, I have a David to... Uh, and and he made like, this fine thing for me. This is and how there we have dinner. how you kill a cabbage. Viking style. So are we going to use this cabbage? Or is that... Uh, I asked him to cut the cabbage for dinner. Oh. You wanted it for dinner. Mm. Um, well, there's four, three more over there. You can have a go with three. Anyone else want to go? It's singing. It's singing. And you don't need to swing it hard at all, do you? Oh. <laughs> in fact, in the, uh, the tale of the warrior standing on the bridge at Stamford Bridge, at the Battle of Stamford Bridge, they reckon he took out between 40, 20 and 40 Saxons with that. But it is scary how little effort it takes, isn't it? Oh, that's fierce. There's your nail gone too. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um, hey, Mish. Yes. Come on, <laughs> what a way to end that. And it was embedded in the ground. <laughs> so it was, well, well, uh, a high five. <laughs> yes. Nice one, nice one. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Sad. Hamish. The the, what, what now, for revenge, that? the surströmming's about to come out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hamish. Actually, you've got the axe. <laughs> Post Slayer or Spike Slayer. Post yes. or Spike? Spike Slayer. Yeah, there we go. Well, that just shows you. He wasn't even trying. Look what he did. Nasty. Just treat it like a skinny Saxon. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Can you take the axe back? <laughs> All right, so Brilliant. we're going we're gonna to cut across to a different field now, move far away from everything. Yes. Because uh, Terry still wants to try surströmming. Oh, yeah. So we're going to go and do that now because otherwise people are probably getting hungry and we need to get on with dinner. Yeah. So yeah. Right there, let's do it. We'll do that. Um, take the flatbread. That my last relationship with bread didn't didn't end up too good. Didn't uh, work out too well. I have hit record, Terry, just in case something funny happens. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just suddenly goes off. Or... Yeah. Oh, like like the bucket falls on me or something. We're well, going to cabbage with this. If there's, yeah, if, if there's any bits of cabbage you want to chuck at me. Okay. You got it? You got the tin opener. Do you want, this, do you want a piece now. of flatbread buttering? I'm getting this stuff ready in advance. We're about to have dinner. I'll, I'll have a half. So if you break it in half yeah. and we'll share half yeah. each. Yeah. I'll probably try a tiny bit. <clears throat> no dog. If we, don't, if we don't eat this, the dog will. The Sirstrumming <laughs> Shih Tzu challenge. Oh yeah, can you imagine what will be coming out your dog's bum though? Did we bring the shovel? We are going to have to bury this. The dog. The dog, yeah. I don't know how much butter you like. Lots. I prefer my butter than my sestraming. Oh, can I have some beer? Well, go on then. Get a double Ice bucket it. challenge. Just get it, just get it. Yeah, I'd rather that. I would rather that right God, now. no. I'm looking forward to this. I know you are. It's something I've wanted to do for such a long time. I'll mention now that we have a live audience for the first time on the podcast. <laughs> we need more onions. So everyone that's doing the course with oh, Hamish sake. and myself Terry. is now watching and waiting for a laugh. It does feel like he's stalling a little bit here. You want the beer opened already? Yes, yes, please. yes please. I'm only here for the beer. <laughs> this... This cost us 50 quid between me and Terry. 
We went halves on it. Money down the drain. <laughs> Imagine all these videos you see of people being like, oh my God, it's disgusting. Look, we need to bet. And we go, actually, it's all right, that. <laughs> That's the plan. That's just, that's just hope, eh? Look. If I pour a bit and I'll give you the bottle. Okay. I'm sure you want a bit. Oh. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, someone's going to have to hold that for me, though. Should we swap? Okay. We didn't introduce that you were here. Sue, Sue from previous episode. Okay. From the Morphoge team. Okay. She's not Mike, so she's going to be very quiet. Right. So you're going to do this with the Danax? Um, well, let's, let's have a think, shall we? Um, we're just going <laughs> to... <sighs> okay. So. <laughs> I'm very tempted. <laughs> <sighs> but what if I explode the can and it all dumps out onto the floor and my then it'll be wasted. My, my dog's there too. Oh. It's safety. Yeah, right. You're not having my dog eating. Traditionally, traditionally, it's opened under water. And left there. The, the tin's floating. Can we go to the sea and just... <laughs> tin's floating. Just take it away. Um, I, mm, yeah. This isn't a good idea, is it? I am quite scared. Right, so, <laughs> underwater. Have you pierced it yet? I, I'm about to pierce. Okay, I'm going to Three, two, one. That didn't oh, work. that was disappointing. <laughs> you know like when you light a firework and it doesn't do anything? Or is it supposed to do it that way? Oh, have you done it right? No, just like that. Do you I, know how to use a tin opener? I do. Right, I'll try it right-handed. Three, two, right one. It's in. No explosion, unfortunately. Oh, there Ooh, we go. It's fine. There we go. Well, I don't want too much water to get in there. Oh, it's eggy. It's like yeah. farts. It's like, well, I don't know what all the fuss is about. We already know that you're a dustbin. <laughs> you need Actually, to smells it. a bit of cabbage. Old cabbage. Yeah, I have a hint of old cabbage. Are you going to like tip some of that liquid away? Because I think that's water. Oh no, that's just... That's the fermenting juice. It looks like milk. It does. Oh God, that's scary. Anyone want to come and look? Anyone for a taste? Oh, you don't. <laughs> it's not particularly strong, but it's not good. Oh, it's not that bad. No, it's getting worse. It's building. Yeah. Come on, welcome right. to the podcast. <laughs> Come and have a look. It's not as bad as I was expecting. Oh, oh, that is pitiful. To be honest, to be honest, I'm somewhat disappointed. I'm somewhat disappointed. Oh, no, if you put your nose in and really okay. give it's it a real worse. big. Oh. <laughs> Actually, it doesn't smell that bad. Okay, well, I'll drink the beer, you guys. <laughs> All right. I can smell the fish. It's, yeah. not, it's, it's, not, okay. it's not that bad. They have been gutted and headed. I didn't know if they would have been. Okay. All right. Oh, I wouldn't put your hands in there. It's not that bad. All right. So. That, that is foul, man. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> It's not like it's evacuate fine. bad. It's fine. <laughs> right. Hold on. I want the tiniest piece. I'll, I'll eat the tiniest. Yeah, you eat one. No! He's going to finish the can, isn't he? These look like they've got bones no, no, in mine. Are they actually gutted? I don't think Oh, I don't are. think they've been gutted. Ooh. There's fish guts in there. We might need to take the fish guts out. I think I'm going to go back to the venison curry. Oh, it's a bit... No, you're not! Oh, actually, no, there's no guts in there. No guts. They're all rotten. But there are plenty of... Oh, they're only little bones, though. Right, here we go, then. It's like a sprat. Okay. Yeah, but are you going to... You're not going to do ours for us? It's not I'm, that not, bad. I'm not touching that shit. It's not that bad. <laughs> nope. He's off. 
He's looking a bit red. Is this where we kill Terry? No. <laughs> it, it does actually... No, don't, don't, don't. Over there. <laughs> Just in case. What? Head that way. No. I can taste the onion. doesn't actually taste much. Doesn't taste them much. <laughs> I can't touch it. I can't touch it. It's just it looks stage like fright. this anyway. To, my, to be honest, I'm extremely disappointed. Oh. Fighting words. That's enough of the both. Yeah, I don't even want that. <laughs> oh my. Yes, he is. It's being dished up for me. Oh, that is. It's all right. There you go. Oh, Sorry, podcast. <laughs> I don't think I've ever sworn on my podcast, and I've done a few in the last couple of minutes. I'm just gonna. Mm. Don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch it. Oh. That is that bad. Well, the wind's actually coming from this direction, so. Stand behind us, you'll see. Anybody else for Sir Strumming? I'm trying to think what it reminds me of. Something fishy. It's tangy. Oh, that might be the onion, actually. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, come on. Hamish? Would you like some? Come on, get a try, man. You're missing out. It's delicious, apparently. It is. Beer, beer. ready. I'm literally going to nibble it, I think, and just like... Just shove the whole lot in. Just shove it all in. Are salty? Is it? Salty and bony. It is. It's... It's really unpleasant, but it's not as bad as... um. Tripe. It's not even unpleasant. It's all right. Tripe is worse, but no, I'm good. <laughs> it's incredibly salty. You got it all. <laughs> you enjoying? <laughs> I'm struggling to swallow. I've got the tiniest. I'm glad I didn't put it all in. Come and introduce yourself to the. This is our guest Sue from the, one of the friends of Mulfudge. I'm disappointed with you. What's the worst thing you've ever eaten, Terry? Cardamom pods. Cardamom pods. I nearly spat mine out laughing then. Uh, why was I going to use that? <laughs> <laughs> That's got all the juice in. <laughs> Drink beer. No, she was washing. I'm so sorry. Were you not? I thought you were washing your hands. No, I was just about to wash my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, Terry's going to show us the ice bucket challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so strumming edition. <laughs> the tin's yours. I'll see you up in the Willow Woods for the rest of the podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm still trying to swallow. It's better than tripe. <laughs> yeah. All right, we've come back in and Terry's going to eat some more. I think without the bread this time. He's getting red. Is it, have we killed Terry? That's when I've been down. That looks dangerous. I'm naturally florid anyway. The colour of his face, right? Are you still recording? It's recording. you got to eat it like a seal. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be honest, 
I'm not that sure about this. <laughs> Thanks, director. <laughs> right. You said it was all right. Yeah. You said with, cardamom with... was worse. Although saying that, that was with onion. Okay. Let's see what it's like on its own. Tangy. I think it's an honour thing here. I don't think you really <laughs> like that. To be honest, I wouldn't have it again. There we go. That's a win. I'll take it. Now we find out if the dog will take it. <laughs> will Foo bike it? Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't have that again. Yeah. So. Surströmming challenge has thrown down its gauntlets and you accepted and was disappointed to be honest. I keep burping <laughs> and I had the tiniest piece and it's so bad. Well I had one and a half fish. Actually uh, I've still got it on me Tash so I can still smell it. Be interested it's, it's, to find out what your me. wife thinks. <laughs> I, uh, well I, I, don't, I don't think she'll be, be sleeping after outside us. tonight. She, won't be, she certainly won't be asking for a snog tonight anyway. All right, so we'll wrap up the episodes because, I don't know, with all the chopping and the surströmming, I think we've been running for a while. Yeah. So I've got six questions that I ask everybody. So the first one is, if you had an unlimited budget, what would be your dream project? Unlimited budget? To be honest, is to get more forge finished. Yeah? I'd, yeah, that's what I'd do. This, this has become like my, my little home from home. Mm. And if... Uh, I mean, and, and we and we are struggling for money. It is a struggle for money to get the the, the stuff built and everything. Yeah. And uh, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd spend it on Morforge. Cool. And then whatever's left, obviously. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Buy some more surf trimming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open a surf trimming restaurant. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> On the outskirts of town, I imagine. <laughs> mm, far away from anybody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, so the next question is, uh, do you think you could survive on a Viking Age diet? I think this is going to be an obvious one. Uh, probably. <laughs> We've discovered there's nothing Terry won't at least eat, if not enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's cardamom. Yeah, I don't like cardamom pods. I'll spit those out <laughs> if I find one. <laughs> so is there any food you'd miss on a Viking Age diet? Any food that I'd miss? I suppose um, the obvious one is pork scratchings because that's my favourite. Mm. Uh, but other you probably could that, make something similar. Exactly, exactly. You've got your yeah. pork, it's yeah. salt. Yeah, uh, but there's what you know. Mm. It's the it's getting all the fat and frying it. Yeah, deep frying it or whatever. But that's all. That's that's all possible. It is possible. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, if I came, if I if I was transported back to the tenth century or summer, then mm. I'd have new knowledge and I could wow all my neighbours with these fantastic port scratchings um, but anything that I'd really miss um, not really no no I've got nothing special that food's food it all goes down the same way it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> what's the worst thing that you've ever eaten it's still cardamom pot <laughs> They are the they are the food of the devil. They are disgusting. If anyone watching has a suggestion for something that he might not like, that's worse than cardamom. Mind you, it's got to be worse than surströmming, and I thought that was all right. Where do we go from? It's that thing, the Greenland. Have you seen where they put the seabirds inside the seal, and they rot inside the seal, and then they take them out and they eat the seabirds? No. I think you got to go to Greenland to do that one. Yeah, yeah. But maybe one day. Maybe. That's, that's starvation rations, though, that, isn't it? Mm, so is fermented shark or oh, fermented suppose. herring. I suppose. Shark is better than herring, I'm, I'm saying. I could eat the shark again. It's not yeah. pleasant, but it's fine. Yeah. Surströmming? Nah, yeah. I'm good. I'd eat, I'd eat the surströmming again, but, ah. but it has to be with something. It, it, it needs an accompaniment. So the worst food is still cardamom? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I can't help it. That is I ridiculous. think they're just absolutely foul. Can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, so what's the most memorable meal you've ever had? Most... <laughs> well, in a way it was memorable because it was so disappointing. I was expecting, I mean, I, was, I, I, mean, I wasn't nervous or anything because I don't suffer from nerves, but I was sort of, I wasn't 100% sure that it would be okay. Mm. You see what I mean? It wasn't okay. And, <laughs> and I was hoping that it was going to be much worse than it was. So at least I could have some sort of negative reaction. But no. So most memorable meal. Uh, so that on the other terms, than that. But other than that, <laughs> the most memorable meal. Oh, to be honest, food is food. I don't really have memorable meals. That says a lot right there. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a thing you do. Yeah. I'm sure this, this uh, food that we're going to have is going to be lovely. I'm sure, I'm sure that'll be memorable. Mm. Yeah. And the, uh, whatever it was we had last night was something to do salt with... Salt dough venison. Oh, the salt dough venison. Yeah. yeah, that was nice. Sort of. I sort of remember it. Sausages. Oh, the sausages were okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Made by Hamish's very own hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was rubbish at it. I, I, I did the first couple of inches and then said, nah. So, yeah, so we haven't really got a great answer for... I know, Just food is food. Food is food. <laughs> and I like... That's the trouble. I like food. Yeah. But it can be memorable for other reasons. You can have memorable because... Yeah. ...the company or, you know... It doesn't have to be about the food itself. It can be like, oh, well, once I ate a melon on a mountain. <laughs> I mean, there was there was a Witchwood feast back in the nineties. Uh, that was quite good, because I discovered there at the feast the food was good, and I discovered my favourite snog, who wasn't my girlfriend, um, and uh, and Don't know where this is going. well, and accidentally <laughs> snogged a bloke as well, a friend of mine, and um, but we were doing it all blindfolded, and I and I knew it was him because we sort of velcroed together. <laughs> It was all, yeah, we used to play some strange games. Oxford University, you know, they're a decadent lot there. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I did get my favourite snog there. All right, so there's one more question for you. Yes. Is you've died and your family and friends are preparing your grave goods. What food and drink do you get to take to the feast in Valhalla? Uh, beer and pork scratchings. That was quick. I think that's the quickest answer I've ever had. <laughs> I have heard tale of you, you know how they, they come on the cards in the supermarket? Oh, yeah. I've heard tale of you coming to, like, the folk night and just hanging them up and just gradually working your way through the whole strip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, to be honest, I... Because it, it's quite strange. I mean, like, you know, there's, there's no Vikings nowadays. Uh, uh, no, not real Vikings. <laughs> but but the the Viking sort of way of life, you know, all this stuff about being a drenger, yeah. Uh, all this stuff about you know being true to your word and and generous and all that mm. sort of thing. I I try and live by that. Yeah. And and so uh, yeah, that's what I try to live by. So as far as the the huge cards of yeah, I I go to Booker's and get huge cards of yeah. scratchings. Uh, but I'll I'll freely share. Yeah. Yeah, I will freely share. So. But that's what you're taking to Valhalla. But that's what I'm taking to Valhalla. Beer and pork. Yeah. Any beer particular beer? Uh, or any particular I, pork scratching? Is there a brand? Well, the, the black ones to? that I get, the the black uh, the black country pork scratches, the pub ones, they they are good. They are good, and they're the because they're nice and easy to get hold of, and yeah. they are good. Then that's probably what I'll take with me. Do you like spicy food? <sighs> Not too spicy. So there's a company called the Wiltshire Chili Company. I've mentioned them before, again, not a sponsor, oh, I just yeah, like them. Yeah. They do the best pork scratching. You can get a salt and pepper one, so you don't have to go spicy. Yeah. But they do these lovely big bats, and they're the best pork scratchings ever. But they do a naga chilli. Yeah. And the naga chilli is hot. See, I don't like my food adulterated. <laughs> I like my pork scratching to be pork scratching flavoured. Mm. I've tried mustard flavour, I've tried salt and vinegar flavour, I've tried uh, chilli flavour. And it might as well be crisps. Pork scratchings need to t taste a pig to be proper. I think these, the, the Wiltshire Chili Company ones are good. They're they nice, chunky, ones. they're crispy. Oh, yeah, but if yeah. they do plain ones, they're Salt yeah. and pepper. Yeah, they're not the plain, plain. Yeah. yeah, well, they're, yeah. They're, I don't think they do they're, a... They're naturally salted. They're naturally salted. Yeah. But, oh, I'll give it a go. Mm. I'd probably like it, but... What beer would you have? 
Um, what were we drinking just now? I didn't even check. That was Champion. Champion, okay. Um, I do like a nice hoppy and strong real ale. Mm. Yeah. Uh, nice and bitter. Actually, funny story. We've got time for a funny story? If you like. Yeah, my, my, uh, my wife Catherine, yeah. <coughs> many years ago when we lived in Milton Keynes, we had a wormwood bush. Yeah. And so she thought she would use, make beer, yeah. but for the bittering, she would use wormwood instead mm. of hops. Yeah. She made the mistake of putting in the same amount of wormwood as you would hops. Ooh. And it was bitter. <laughs> and we had a, like a, a five gallon bucket. Yeah. All mine. <laughs> Nobody else would touch it. I've got some home brews that I've made that have come out a bit bitter. You'd probably like them. Yeah, I do like bitter. Yeah, yeah. I like bitter. Yeah, but and the we, wormwood is supposed to be hallucinogenic, isn't it's it? It's what absinthe is made from, I believe. Yeah, but I've heard that it only has an effect if you literally stew something to the strength where it's literally green. Like it has yeah. to be really, and then yeah. at that point it's so bitter that most people couldn't drink it. Yeah. So for most people, it wouldn't have an effect. No. Because no. you'd, you'd only have a it's, yeah, it's very, a weak solution. Yeah, it's very mild. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I probably. I can't have too, too bitter. But it was bitter enough that I was the only one that could drink it. And we took it to a Witchwood feast, actually, and uh, they were all mad. But actually, there was one other person who did finish a, a hornful. But basically, I drank it all myself. <laughs> and on that note, yeah, we'll see you later. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, yeah, so before you go, <coughs> I've got, oh, yeah, you need yeah, to give yeah, yourself yeah. a little plug. So where yeah. can people find you online? Um, so. You can find me, I have a, a YouTube channel, Science Viking. Uh, apparently there's an Instagram, although I don't remember doing it. My Facebook page, <laughs> Science Viking, apparently feeds through to Instagram, but I don't really do that. I set it up because Facebook wanted me to. Um, so Facebook's the best place to find you. Facebook's that's the best place to find me. There is a website, scienceviking.com. Um, coming soon, folks. It has been for the last three years. <laughs> I'll get around to doing it. With all One my day. other bits and pieces on as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on my YouTube channel, we mentioned that I, uh, I have my little thing. Oh, do you know, little... we haven't discussed that, have no. we? So very, very briefly, because we do need to go and have dinner. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was actually ages ago, it was back in 2011. I so think. you starred on Britain's Got Talent. Well, I wouldn't I say starred. starred. I wouldn't say starred. <laughs> I did, as Professor Boffin, yeah. I did, uh, they actually phoned me up, because apparently not everyone has to audition. They, they also trawl the internet for what they think might be performers, and they somehow found me. And invited and, uh, you on. they invited me on. At first I said no, but then, yeah, because I never watched it, and I thought, that rubbish. But then, then um, a few people persuaded me, you know, you know no publicity is bad publicity. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, and I did a thing. Now... I was just, I'd just finished teaching. I was uh, going um, in there. I'd only ever performed to small audiences, birthday parties and small halls and whatever. Mm. And the things that I chose to do, apart from one thing, everything that I chose to do was basically for that type of audience, not yeah. a, not for, was it three judges and uh, a theatre full of 3,000 people. And um, so I did it. I got two beeps, so I managed to complete. I only got two beeps. I heard two you beeps. had three beeps. No, I had two. Okay. No, they, they didn't stop me. Yeah. I stopped before they beat me third time. And um, Who didn't beep you? Uh, David Williams. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, there was, it was, uh, uh, what's his face? The guy who does it. Um, I haven't watched it for years. No. I couldn't tell you. Uh, Simon Cowell. Yeah. Uh, Alicia Dixon, she was a cow. Um, and so David Williams was at least pleasant. Yeah. Um, I don't think me and Simon got on. <laughs> and, uh, so you're not BFFs now? No, no. Uh, and his words at the end was, this is potentially the worst thing he's ever seen on Britain's Got Talent. And then, uh, I think it was end of 2019, 2020, uh, uh, what's his name, Richard Mulhern? Mm -hmm. uh, the comedian guy who I did some stuff with, um, he did a, a, a few a, a, a series called the Top Ten Something Britain's Got Talent uh, Acts, and I was on the Top Ten Worst Britain's Got Talent Acts. Oh, there's a claim to fame. Yeah, but where do you think I came?
one. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I was number one. Yeah, so number you're one, the top, number one worst ever on the number one worst ever act of Britain's Got Talent. Wow. Yeah. So if anyone's still listening. Um, it's on my YouTube channel. Just uh, look for Science Viking. If you send me a link, I'll pop it underneath yeah. and people can go and find it. Yeah. Um, I think we should go and eat some proper food. And oh, yeah. That curry does look good. The curry is going to be better than the sash swimming, I can tell you. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Right. Thanks again, Terry. Yeah. See you guys. See ya. Bye. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more, remember to like and subscribe and give the show a rating. You can also help keep the show going by becoming a Patreon where you'll get early access to all episodes. Or check out my range of merch on my store. Links are in the episode description. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 